Well, yeah, but like it keeps saying like the holy city was yeah, destroyed. So oh, you want to hear something funny while you're looking that up? Yeah. So my, um, my whole like idea of what Rogue One was supposed to be uh, came from complete misinformation. I was thinking of uh, Return of the Jedi when Admiral Akbar says that many Bothans died to get the plans for the Death Star, except it was Death Star 2, not Death Star 1. And so I believed that they were all going to die because I thought it was them... I thought it was a, a different mission, basically. And they're not even Bothans. Turns out Bothans are a completely different Yeah, they're a specific creature, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when you watch Rogue One, you knew they were all going to die. Because of a different, for the wrong yeah, reason. Exactly. Wow. And that's like, and I remember specifically in that after the movie ended, my father was with me and he was like, they all die? That sucks. And I was like, you really have no idea about the stuff you got me into as a kid. Like, he <laughs> was very much on the surface. Like, I was like, fuck yeah, they killed everybody. I was like, that, pull my heartstrings, do it. Uh, so I told you I watched Samurai X yes, uh, a couple did. weeks ago. Yep. And so D got 20 minutes through it, fell asleep. Oh, that was it. Sorry. You know. Um, it's... She's canceled. I know you were Tell tired. her she's canceled. Fuck. Why are you here while we're recording? Go, um... I don't know. <laughs> Go <laughs> watch Samurai I, I don't know what to tell you. We're recording. It's it's kind of... I'm going to take some parts out, put it in. It's going to be like a conversation that leads into the podcast. It's going to be perfect. going to be perfect. Anyway, um, so... So we're watching Rogue One the other night. She's asking questions. She seems committed. Falls asleep 20 minutes in. Wakes up at the very end like at the end of it like at, as credits are rolling and she's like what happened <laughs> i'm like oh everybody died but they got the plans uh, for the death star to to the rebellion she's like just shows that evil can't win and then she <laughs> falls back asleep so she uh, while asleep through this whole movie she paid more attention to rogue one than she did to samurai x it was incredible that's pretty funny man i was fortunate enough to see this movie in theaters uh with vanessa and she really actually enjoyed it a lot but there was like, there's a cameo by a British like rapper or like, you know, like he has like a duet kind of thing. And she's like, oh my God, that's Rizzle Kicks. And I'm like, who? And I'm sorry, is they Rizzle Kicks? His group oh, is Rizzle Kicks, him and his, him and, his oh, okay. and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But sure enough, it really was. And like, they just had this random cameo. And I feel like nobody else outside of the UK would have known who this guy was, but, but she did. Hey. They make she, pretty she good music. Is, so. I've always... I've always said she's the most cultured out of all of us. I wasn't sure if it was going to be, um, who does the song Written in the Stars? Uh, uh, something Tempe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Timmy Tempe? Nah. Tempe. Tony? Tiny? Tony Montana. Tony Montana. You ride with the stars, you ride with the best. <laughs> um, oh, it's, oh, it is like T-I-N-I-E. Tiny Tim. Tempe. Te oh, Tempa. I'm sorry. It's not Tempe. That's the vegan. That's fucked up, dude. Come on. You can't eat the guy. Featuring Eric Turner. Hey, with his consent, I can. All right, let's get into it. Um, I just want to let you know that Jazzcam89 uh, uh, in December, new listener, came in because of the Lovecraft Country episodes we did, and I want to let all of our fans know how great Jazzcam is. Uh, Jazzcam said, absolutely love it. This is a review for the podcast, by the way. I found this podcast when I started watching Lovecraft Country, and I absolutely love it. I went back and listened to all the episodes I missed that were related to that were unrelated to Lovecraft, and I really enjoy their style. As a black woman, I appreciate that they highlight social and political themes, and also that they're super honest when they don't know something, when they didn't know about something, but went and did research about it. I've learned a lot from this show. I especially love the episodes focused on indigenous people. I love the banter, the personal stories, basically everything about this show. I highly recommend it. So we're doing something right. 
That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for the review. And with that, Jazz, this one's for you. Let's bring in the theme music. Welcome back to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I am your co-host, Mike Booch, a.k.a. the pseudo-intellectual soy boy, a.k.a. A-Stab, all stormtroopers are bastards, a.k.a. Darth Vegan, a.k.a. That's no poon. And in my second seat here, as always, is my buddy Ty. I'm digging those AKAs. Those are pretty good. Thank you. Oh, a.k.a. Tie Fighter. Hey! And today we, <laughs> yeah, you know how I do. And today we are reviewing Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Before we get into any of this, Ty, how did you feel going into the film the first time you saw it four years ago? I think this was just after uh, Trump Trump became president. So I will be very so. honest. I had no interest in this story. I thought it was pointless, a money uh, cash grab. I was like, why do I need to know how they got the Death Star plans? We know what happens. Uh, you know, none of these characters are really going to ultimately matter. I was more amped up about the new trilogy, you know, featuring Mark Hamill and and uh, Harrison Ford and, and Carrie Fisher and all that. Um, the trailer came out and it looked really good. I, I was like, wow, the trailer's pretty cool. I'll give it a shot. So I went and saw it in theaters uh, and it blew my fucking mind. I thought it was awesome. Uh, little did I know it would be the best Star Wars film of, of the new generation uh, by far. Yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and I, I thought they touched on some pretty pretty interesting themes in this film that you know we're going to get into more but a little bit more of the grittiness of the rebel alliance and how it wasn't so uh you know black and white with with the good guys and the bad guys all right well how did i feel about going into it thanks for asking Ty. <laughs> I originally you know i'm a person of very uh basic tastes okay i you know if i watch an anime i watch it for the for for the for the gore and for the fighting and all that stuff and if I'm watching Star Wars because I am a martial arts file have been ever since I was a kid it's the probably the only consistent thing about who I am as a person um I've always wanted to see lightsabers in every Star Wars movie. If it doesn't have a lightsaber in it, I really don't want anything to do with it. I never wanted anything to do with the people who use blasters instead instead of lightsabers. It just wasn't my thing. And granted there is a lightsaber at the end of this movie. I was going to say there is a lightsaber. There is a lightsaber. It's the best lightsaber. Um, I re- I remember seeing it in theaters with my father at the time before I cut him off. And, um, you know, because guess what? I'm going to see any Star Wars movie in theaters. Okay, I'm not going to be the person who's like, that, that made my childhood so bad, so I'm not going to give you any money. You know, like, obviously, theaters will never open back up again. We're going to be- They're in, open right now. The hellscape. But, oh, yeah, you're right. But obviously- <laughs> They are what? What? <laughs> I went to a movie theater in order to get some popcorn. See? And then go back to my home. Um, but uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I'm personally ever going to go back to the theater. How about that? Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm actually eligible to get the vaccine soon because I'm an essential worker. Uh, you know, which is what they tell me, so that I fucking go to work every day, and uh, people can get their <laughs> you groceries. You are essential. You're expendable, but you're also yes. essential. Um, the hiring process, even though like we're at the bottom of the essential list when you look on the website, it's like oh, we just squeezed in there at the end. Uh, but yeah, so like I don't know. At the Maybe bottom of the that... website, it's a post-it note that just says <laughs> grocery store workers. Yeah, they're like oh, you guys too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you put it on the website. Thanks. I'm um, sorry. What were you saying? No, about but you know, I, I don't know. Maybe if if the vaccine is, you know, it does turn out it's quite effective 
I would absolutely go back to the movie theater. I, I love the movies. I don't think there's any experience like it. It's the only way that I can fully tune out, unfortunately, uh, in this day and age and, and just focus completely on the film. There's always a distraction I find at home, you know, whether it's your phone or your girlfriend or your, your cat or your dog. Like, there's always something that gets you. But, you know, when you're at the movie theater. Why is my girlfriend hanging out at your house, man? Uh, Why is my cat and my dog? <laughs> <laughs> at least it's not your wife, right? Um, so, <laughs> not yet. So. <laughs> So, so yeah, like I, I find like movie theaters are just a unique experience. Um, and it's, you know, I went to film school because I love movies so much. So uh, I would absolutely go back to movie theaters, but not for a very, very long time. Now, very similar to Jin, I didn't necessarily have a dog in this fight. Um, and by that, I just mean politics in general. I am one of those people who kind of started centrist and then I went liberal, you know, because I didn't like the mean words people said. And I, you know, I, you know, you know, uh, I believe in civil rights, but. You know, I believe the Democrats are the good guys all the time. Yeah. And then um, and that's how this podcast started. Honestly, you know, that's how it's, it started because Trump was elected. And I was like, all right, I have stuff to say. Let me do it in regards to movies, because that's my favorite stuff or shows or whatever. Um, and and then his entire presidency, plus the pandemic, uh, you know, really and, and seeing the, the hypocrisy of all sides, not just one mean orange man, but all sides and the system that enabled him yep that and continues to that is really what radicalized me yeah and and so so i'm i'm kind of similar to jin in that way so the first time i went into this movie i didn't care about it i didn't care about the politics of it or anything i didn't care about the story i was just like all right let's see if it's a good movie and even this time it was still a little confusing because like i understand the story beats but just the technical stuff of like oh my god we can't get this thing to there until you put that thing there and they're like well i can't get to that thing to put that there unless you do th- flip this switch and it's like well i can't flip that switch unless you flip this coin and it lands on heads what so, so there, <laughs> there there was a lot of steps to you know in in you know in the technical stuff to actually get the plans beamed to yeah. um you know to uh to radis's radis's ship radis's yeah. ship i mean that, that was very clearly done to give all these characters a purpose at the end you know because otherwise it would have just been jin that's all you know she would have done it all but each of them had a role to play at the end i think uh, you mean it would have been k2so you said <laughs> no uh. i mean he was the real mvp um but, but yeah they all had you know they all gave their life uh for a part of getting the plans out there and I think that's what's kind of poetic about each of their deaths <laughs> do we even need to do a spoiler warning for this episode oh yeah we started off we started off before the episode even began talking Shit. about we, sorry guys here uh, we didn't give you a spoiler warning the death star just uh just attacked <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so however this time going into it with with knowing everything that I know it was much clearer to you know, to me to see the social commentary that they put in there before this there was some you know there was some uh there was controversy thank you ah. uh so so there was some controversy around this you could find it in the show notes uh Fox News uh had this had this coverage where people were were boycotting the film because one of the one of the writers I think had some anti-Trump stuff and they said the empire represents white supremacy and I don't like Trump and blah 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 and so all these people were like that's it we're not going to we're not going to go to see this Star Wars movie they they messed it up when they had a black stormtrooper in the last one and now <laughs> we're not you know that's it he was a first order trooper first of all so just put- they don't call them stormtroopers in the in the new trilogy I think they're first order troopers now well, they didn't call them Imperial Troopers in the original trilogy. That's the only reason I'm one. True. Who knows? 
Who knows? They all, they all spawn knows. from clones anyway, right? Which really yeah. For as deep sense. as we are, we're casuals compared to some people. <laughs> some someone's gonna be like, "Excuse me, uh, Thrawn's left pinky is actually five inches <laughs> shorter." All right, but um, but yeah. So so there are people who are looking to boycott and everything until um until one of the one of the Disney executives came out and said uh said it's not political at all. <laughs> this isn't a political film in the slightest. <laughs> uh, which I just want to talk about the Star Wars franchise for a second, real quick, because. If you are a fan of the Star Wars franchise, you are a fan of violent protest and rebellion. And that is the long and the short of it. Yeah. The original trilogy, they, you know, they took a lot from World War II stuff and and put that into the dogfights in space and they put that into, you know, the Empire. You notice they're very Aryan. Except in Mandalorian for some reason. They put a lot of more people of color in the Empire. I guess now that they've been disbanded, they're a little more desperate. Uh but but the Empire and the Emperor himself, they they are notably racist. All of the people who work for them are humans, except for like Thrawn and the bounty hunters they use. And and most of those people are white, apparently, except for Bodhi Rock. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but the uh, the the Empire has always been an allegory for the Nazis, and um and now we see and yes, the Nazis represent white supremacy. And in this movie, we're going to we're going to go into the in this podcast, we're going to go into into the themes of this movie and and really just discuss exactly how. They do represent not just I don't want to say just white supremacy, but imperialism and United Absolutely. States are some of the biggest imperialists in the entire world. You know, so but can, can we just go back to that that statement about politics? The prequel trilogy literally had like fifty percent political scenes. Like, yeah, all it was was politics. Like, now, my, but the thing is, they probably didn't relate it to our politics. Yeah. they just related. I mean, however, you kind of can. You but you know what? Can. I think I think that's actually. I would love to do maybe in May, we'll do like all Star Wars movies that whole month, um, because because for for what the prequels are, you know, there's literally a character in it named uh, Newt Gunray, and Newt Gingrich was <laughs> was you know was like it was it was a pretty big deal at the time. Yeah, you know, where yep. you know they're talking about one guy seizing seizing power. And and subverting democracy by capitalizing on everybody's fear—that's not too different from the Patriot Act, um, you know. Or if you're one of those 9/11 truthers, it's not too different from that either, which resulted in the Patriot Act. So whatever. Yes. So <laughs> before we go into it, how do you want? Do you want to do different characters? Do you want to do plot points? Because I, I think we could do like the rebellion, the Empire. I mean, I think we should discuss the plot. We should discuss the plot. Okay, before we do, guys, we're going to give you a spoiler warning. That's right. That's not just, um, it's not just the Death Star being shut down or whatever <laughs> or, or anything else. That 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 ringing you hear in your ears is the spoiler warning. So, if you don't want detailed plot spoilers, please stop listening and go watch Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. Uh, but if you're ready for it, then so am I. Ty, let's give him the plot, please. The daughter of an Imperial scientist joins a Rebel Alliance in a risky move to steal the plans for the Death Star. Simple and to the point, but it's so much more. So yeah, just the way this this movie starts off, and I'm not I'm not gonna go too much into the the particulars of like the cinematography or anything. This movie's a beautiful fucking movie. It, it is. introduces an interesting part of uh of the Star Wars lore that we're not normally used to. Like we do see the title Star Wars, but here we see the war. Like we see people on the ground. And uh, and you know they're 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 in the thick of it, and they show how ugly it is, and how disgusting rebellions really can be. That even though you might be the good guy, you're gonna have to do some bad things to 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 achieve your ends. 
and that's that's what this movie that's what this movie brings in. Also, one thing I forgot to mention about the original trilogy not not the prequel trilogy, but the original trilogy. Return of the Jedi was an allegory for Vietnam. Yeah, there you go. The Empire was destroyed by guerrilla tactics by a bunch of people living living in that you know like a fo- in a forest. Like they they used guerrilla tactics. <laughs> you know the Ewoks were were the Viet Cong. So so just just keep that in mind. Um. But yeah, so so we start off with this guy, Director Krennic, and we do. It is interesting how they really go into the bureaucracy of the Empire in this. Yeah, in, they in do. This movie. <laughs> you know, all we ever saw in the other movies was Darth Vader, Emperor, Stormtroopers, and, uh, and we well, did have not, not exactly. Tarkin. I mean, he he had his moths. Remember, he would always choke him out of the meetings. Yeah, they, I remember Tarkin. Yeah, you know, so that's always been an aspect of it. It just wasn't really heavily focused on. I think uh, Krennic gets a larger role than than the majority of them do. You mean to tell me that Vader choking out a subordinate for their incompetence isn't bureaucracy? No, it, it actually isn't bureaucracy, but it's what people would like to do if they've ever had to work in it. Um, and and it, we'll talk about that at the end of the movie, actually, because that's exactly what that is. It's just cleaning up a mess that your subordinates fucked up. But um, but yeah, so Director Krennic is is talking to Hannibal Lecter, and he's telling him that... Um, Otherwise known as Galen or so. Otherwise, yeah, Galen Erso, played played by Mads Mikkelsen, um, and uh, you know they need him to come back and engineer a weapon for him. We find out it's going to be the Death Star, and and they had this one line, and and Krennic says, uh, you know, we're looking we're looking to restore peace throughout the galaxy, and Erso says, not peace, terror, and he just says, you got to start somewhere. So, you know, this kind of reminds me of how there are so many politicians who get right in front of your face and say, like, this is about peace, this is about law and order, this is about justice, this is about protecting Americans. But you know what it's really about. Like, he, he says that, like, peace is about control. That's what it is. It's about your brand of justice, your brand of peace, not universal justice. Right. Um, I also found it interesting how he said they have a child, find it. Kind, kind of a... You know, an interesting comment because he doesn't really care about the gender of the kid. You know, no. it's just an it. It's you know they you know they just want to use him as bargaining bargaining chips. Won't somebody please think of the children? Like you know, you see that um, that narrative today, right? Because of what happened uh, at the Capitol, there are people going, oh, oh, because of well, the result of that is you know, big tech is is scrubbing a lot of white supremacists from its uh, from social media websites and scrubbing white supremacist social media from from the web as well um or certain companies aren't choosing to you know to make them available anymore and and other people are saying oh you can take all these web all get rid of all these twitter accounts but you can't get rid of child porn on the internet which which is kind of hilarious because obviously twitter's a private company and they're the ones removing the people from from their platform right but yeah, you know, like people have no idea how the internet works, but that's what it, it always comes to, right? When masks happen, they said, oh, you know who loves masks? Pedophiles. Yep. Like it always ends up being, oh, let's see the children. What about the children? You never care about the children when they get shot up in schools. So why are you trying to use them as bargaining? It's agents? even the argument against the trans community, right? Like, you know, like. Oh, they, yeah. They, yep. They're going to they're gonna go in and, and rape uh, someone in the bathroom. You know, they, they could rape a child or, you know, like that's you see that argument used over and over and over again, even when it really makes no sense. They just keep pushing it because, you know, if you put kids out there, it always pulls at the heartstrings. So why not use that? And uh, guess what? It's already illegal to rape people in bathroom. Yes. yes. And anywhere. Yes. It is already illegal to rape. So um, unless you're the current or most recent president of the United States, but uh, (laughs) uh, I was kind of blown away by how they could make shitty stormtrooper dolls, uh, like 
Like, they have the most advanced tech, but there's no Bandai in this universe, in this galaxy, because <laughs> that Stormtrooper doll that, that Jin had was terrible. They probably made it, dude. Like, they, they, uh, they didn't have a whole lot, all right? They made it out of rocks and, and sticks. Her father's an engineer. But yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they did. Um, so we get introduced to Saw Gerrera real quick. Did you want to talk about him now or later when we get to Jedi? Um, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, just, I think it's interesting that, that he had a connection to Galen or so, right? Like he's the one that, that uh, they contact when, when Krennic arrives. You know, they're like, he's found us. So, you know, they've, they've become obviously radicalized, you know, the Urso family. Um, and, and, you know, as, as they take Galen away, they kill the mother. And um, luckily they don't find Jin, and she winds up being raised by Saw Gerrera, who, you know, she we, we find out later kind of her, her real relationship with him and what it was like being alongside him. Yeah, now Che Guevara, I mean Saw Gerrera, <laughs> is played by Forrest Whitaker, and he he is an extremist uh, in the words of the rebellion, in the in the words of fucking fucking Moff Mon Mothma, excuse yeah. me, Mon Mothma pisses me off in everything I've ever seen her in. <laughs> what makes him an extremist a, though over character. the Rebel Alliance? When we see like some really fucked up moves from them, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> They, they, they're willing to you kill it. Into it. Yeah, I mean, like we, we so we meet you know Cash and Andor, who's like. Uh, Cassian Andor, who's like, uh, he's just he's just a rebel, right? He's he's a he's on the ground, he's boots on the ground, he's a fighter, he's a, you know he's a leader, and he winds up meeting up with a contact, and you know they're they're having a little bit of an argument, and it draws the attention of some stormtroopers, so of course he kills the stormtroopers, and his contact starts freaking out, you know, he's like, no no no, this can't be happening, and what does he do? He kills the contact too, you know, so right off the bat they show that you know he he's gonna do what it takes. To, to get the information he needs and keep things quiet. So, you know, his his introduction is one that's kind of seedy, you know, and he's supposed to be the the hero. Yeah, and where he finds his conscience later on and chooses not to assassinate Jin's father, the rebellion fucking bombs this dude and kills him anyway. Like, yeah. like most, most Star Wars movies deal with the light and the dark side, but this movie really does deal with the gray side. You know, yep. like, what because the rebellion are, for all intents and purposes, the good guys. But they have to do some really fucked up shit. Like that dude, clearly, he was gonna talk if he was caught. That that, oh, that dude absolutely. that Cassie met up with. Yeah, so he's like, I gotta do what I gotta do. But like when you think about it, isn't that a great, you know, uh analogy for real life? You know, like how many times have we seen rebel groups like like you said, like uh you know, like che. like yeah, like Che or Fidel Castro even, you know? People will say, Well, they did horrible things. But, you know, they did it in order to save their people and to to end, I guess, a greater horror, you could say, you know. So, uh, unfortunately, you, you do got to get your hands dirty sometimes. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in a fight like this where the, the galaxy literally rides on, you know, whether or not you can stop this empire, you know, you're going to have to do some some, you know, pretty messed up stuff. And you also have to take into account that this has been a decades-long struggle. It's not like this takes place right after Revenge of the Sith. You know, Cassian has been in this fight, as he says, since he was six years old. It's been decades, and they have been hammered to the point of desperation. And to, to see someone like Mon Mothma exercise her privilege and say, like, we can't be the bad guys or whatever is, is insane because you have to make some desperate moves in order to get a win here. The Empire is building a death machine that can blow up planets. Like, you got to get them now or never. Yeah. And and um you know at the beginning of a new hope the 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 introduction uh scrawl says crawl 
crawl, scrawl, crawl, scroll? crawl, crawl. The the uh, the crawl says says that the reb the rebellion just made their you know just scored their first win against the empire. They haven't been winning at all. This no. so like yeah, they're gonna be some pretty shitty people. Like we, they're desperate. I mean, they're, they're, desperate. they're listen, they're outgunned, right? They don't have the the technology. They don't have you know the the, the military training. They don't they don't have the weaponry. Uh, you know, maybe they have the people, you know, there's certainly tons of people that want to fight for the Alliance, but, you know, fear is a great motivator for the opposite. And I think that's where Krennic's trying to, to accomplish here. You know, the goal is to build the Death Star, you know, and the Death Star is an ultimate weapon that can literally wipe out planets. And if you have a weapon like that, who's going to speak out against you? It's kind of like dropping a nuclear bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? Like once you do that, no one's going to ever try to fight you again. And I mean, realistically, uh, America has dominated the world since then. You know, uh, our conflicts in, in Iraq and, and Afghanistan were really us attacking, right, going in there. Uh, we've never had anyone invade American soil, not since Pearl Harbor. Yeah, exactly. And and that's always been my and that's always been my argument that the whole like, oh, they're out there protecting our freedom, protecting our rights from what? There hasn't been a war fought on American soil until next week when the Civil War happens. <laughs> on the 20th. Yeah. Yes. Guys, enjoy this last episode before we're recruited. Well, to, we'll uh, record like a couple from the bunker, you know? <laughs> yeah, there we you go. You are the resistance, John Connor style. There you go. Welcome to... Shut the fuck up, Mike. Sorry, welcome to They're the right above us. They're right above us. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone's going to... They're sniffing up top like, uh, like the ring wraiths. They're like... Oh God! Soy boys, soy boys, vegans, <laughs> ah, snowflakes. <laughs> um, but but I, I want to go back to that question you asked. You said what makes Saw Guerrera an extremist as opposed to the rebellion? Because the rebellion does some pretty fucked up shit too. I think it's a couple things, and I'm not saying he is. They are. Right. I'm saying he's an extremist because he won't listen to what Mon Mothma says. Yep. And they they didn't mention it in this movie, but in um, Rebels they do mention that he's murdered stormtroopers after they've surrendered. Which, guess what? The stormtroopers fucking murder people without a second thought. I'm sorry that they're surrendering. I know that they're people, but they are they are choosing to have that job. And, you know, this, this sounds very similar to other rhetoric that we have had. Uh, because you can't be a good stormtrooper in a corrupt system, right? Like, there's no... There's no stormtroopers in the Empire who are good guys because the Empire itself is is evil. And I know that a lot of people don't see that in this in this galaxy. Like some people do. The rebellion does. You know, even Mon Mothma is a senator. Like she is working with the rebellion and trying to keep it under wraps. But you know, the Empire appears as the good guys. We are bringing. That's how Palpatine sees power in the first place. You know, we are the good guys. We are trying to bring order to the galaxy. We're trying to bring peace and justice. And by, you know, they control. And he did it right by, by by managing both sides. Like he was literally controlling both armies. You know, yes, the it, it was kind of like it was yeah. kind of like arming like you know Al Qaeda, right? Like we created Al Qaeda ourselves, like America did, and, and you know they they eventually you know turned on us. But, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing we see with, with you know, with Palpatine. That's what he did. He, he created a war to give himself that power. You know, just like we constantly create wars in America because we, you know, we make so much money off it. We can take oil, uh, you know, manufacturing weapons, like those kind of things uh, really, really push, you know, the, the imperial agenda. And I, I think, you know, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot here that between Star Wars and in the, in the real world. And, you know, for anyone to say that, that that's not accurate is just not paying attention. 
Yeah, honestly, like the whole like, oh, why do we have to put politics into everything? Politics is in everything because it's in all of us. So yep. if you create something, you are creating something political. You are creating something that has your own personal biases in it, whether you know it or not. You are. Yep. Like, um, I was thinking about V for Vendetta the other day uh, because, uh, you know, because I watched the movie again. And which, by the way, does posit uh, civil wars in the U.S. Um, by tw- in 2020. Oh, it's 2020. Well, it's 2020 part two. I'm not going to call it 2021 unless I'm putting it on a check or something. But uh, but it was the, set up in 2020. So, yeah, I was thinking about V for Vendetta, because if you watch that movie, you very well could be on the right and also interpret it as a calling to you. Like, I saw it as a calling to be like, you know what? Like, we got to rise up and we got to fight the powers that be and all this other stuff. We got to fight censorship. We got to fight the over-militarization of, of the state and all this other stuff. But anybody who watches that movie might also think like, oh, this could be calling to me. I need to go and defend Trump and stuff like that. And I, yeah. and I thought about that. And, and, and you and I have gone back and forth off mic a lot, right? Like, there's passion. There's so much passion on both sides. How can you determine which one is right? Like, because I, I feel like, it, you know, at some points it's pointless. You can't reason with certain people. No. Like, maybe white supremacy is, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to say that because it get taken out of, <laughs> out of context. <laughs> <if> you, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, but what if we're wrong? What if equality is wrong? What if, like, what if people aren't meant to have rights? And, like, I, I, you know, I thought, of, I thought, of, like, what if God himself came to this earth and we could ask him, you know, like, would he tell us? Would he tell us we were we were the right ones, or would he just, you know, who knows, right? Like we, like you said, it's hard to. Sometimes it's really hard to tell who's right and who's wrong, and there are similar viewpoints on both sides. Like you said, you know, uh, fighting against oppression, you know, it, it's just different interpretations of oppression, but we're both fighting against it. Uh, but you know, I, I think something that we've we've kind of been talking about lately off mic is. I think, you know, Nazis are, are a great indicator of the right and wrong side, you know, <laughs> yeah. as the <laughs> universal evil like in the world, right? I think everyone, including Germany, especially Germany, they don't fucking want to be associated with, with Nazis ever again, uh, will admit that Nazis are the ultimate evil force. They, they've tried to exterminate an entire people, you know, they tried to invade the entire world. Um, you know, they did horrible experiments and torture and I mean, you name it. And Nazis did some evil shit and like every hysterectomies. Yeah. In the oh, oh shit. A second. Uh, you know, and, and, and like how many movies have, or video games have made Nazis the villains, but then you're supposed to think that them storming the Capitol building and you know, they're the good guys. So, you know, you got to really look at that and say, you know, obviously they're the bad guys. If Nazis are here, we're on the wrong side. Listen, the only people who don't think Nazis are bad are the Nazis. And yeah. even then, you got to have a sense. Like, the Sith, they kind of know. Oh, the Sith absolutely know. They just know you they're know, powerful. Like, <laughs> That's why they do it. Yeah, so, like, the Nazis, you know, even then, you kind of got to know. But, I mean, you remember when the, the Wolfenstein, the most recent one, came out and, like, the, you know, the advertisement said, like, punch a Nazi or something yeah, like that? Yeah, And the fucking right lost their mind? It's like, yo, you're, you're saying you're pro-Nazi if you have That's a fucking problem exactly with That's exactly what they were saying. But I also thought about another thing, and I know that this is a bit of a tangent, but I, I think it's important to make this distinction. Because I said, after, you know, Mad Max and V for Vendetta and all the other stuff we've been, we've been reading and watching and putting together, a lot of our favorite creators are socialists. So, because in the V for Vendetta comic book, they make it a point to say that Evie's parents were socialists. Yes, yep. 
V makes it a point to say that they, er- they eradicated some uh, some races more thoroughly than others because Evie has never heard Motown. And even in the movie, you see that owning a Quran is is illegal. Yes. Like owning particular types of art. So 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 you got you gotta look at this. You have to you gotta look at the stuff you love and and see in it like, hey, like maybe. <laughs> I don't know if 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 I love Luke Skywalker and he comes out on Twitter saying that Trump's a dick, maybe maybe I'm on the wrong side. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I mean, it's I, kind I of funny, know. right? Because they'll be like, they're like, well, Mark Hamill's a piece of shit, not my Luke Skywalker. It's like, I mean, he's literally Luke Skywalker. So he's been your Luke Skywalker. Yeah. He's been the only Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Even Steve Zahn wrote Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. So, not Steve Zahn. What the fuck? Who's like what is his name? That's Timothy Zahn. He was, in, he was at Saving Silverman. Who was Timothy the, Zahn? Was Timothy Zahn, the writer of the <laughs> yes. Um, and speaking of the books, real quick, we do want to let you guys know that there is a prequel book to this that um, I actually might look into into reading it after I'm done with the survival book for the Patreon. Um, that it has <laughs> no subscribers. Um, <laughs> but, but you uh, could be the first. But, Yes, you you certainly can be. Jazz cam, it's all on you, please. Um but uh <laughs> But yeah, so there's a book called Catalyst that's actually a prequel book to Rogue One. And uh that might explain a little bit how Saw uh how Saw got to know uh Galen Urso okay. and stuff like that. Because we do see Saw quite a bit, you know, well not quite a bit, but a little bit in Clone Wars and Rebels and but yeah, there her his relationship with, with uh with Jin is not, you know, super uh extensively gone into in, in the film here. Uh, we're also getting a Cassian Ander TV show, which will give us his backstory a little bit more. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And you know what? If we have time, we'll talk about it at the end. I was yeah. going to get into it, but I don't want to. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, did you notice that Cassian and that dude, when the Stormtroopers came upon them, it was like you when uh, we used to just eat Domino's pizza in the <laughs> summer, just hanging out by the cars. Every time a cop rolled by, we we're like, oh, fuck, fuck, because we were drunk and eating pizza. Bro, I was already a cab back then. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> You didn't even realize it, bro. Well, I've always said that, you know, like even when I was all about like rah rah, I love the country, I love cops, and they're the good guys and everything. They're the heroes. Like I've never seen, I've never seen a cruiser and thought, oh, thank God. Yes, yeah, like, that, that feeling of dread life. you get when you see a police yes. officer kind of tells you everything you need to know. So <laughs> it's kind of like it seeing does. an imperial stormtrooper. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes, the imperial troopers, the first order tro- imperial storm. They do call them that. So, yeah, so you're right. You're right. They also mention here that they have labor camps, uh, which um, is interesting because in The Mandalorian, the New Republic has labor camps, too. <laughs> so showing yeah. once again that, you know, absolute power is still going to corrupt absolutely, yeah. whether you're, you know, you have altruistic intentions or not. So I was going to say, so you brought up how Mon Mothma, you know, kind of makes them out to be the heroes, right? The Rebel Alliance is, is not going to do horrible things. They're, they're not extremists. But again, throughout this film, we see them doing extreme moves, right? So they actually break Jin that she uh, out of either prison. isn't aware of. Yeah, sorry. Oh wait, no, she is aware. You're right, right. Sorry, continue. So I'm yeah, so they, they break her out of prison, right? Uh, Cassian breaks her out and recruits her so that they could they can get a meet and greet with Saw Gerrera, uh, you know, and and like they're using her. They're using her ultimately to kill her father, right? That's the ultimate plan. They want to. Meet Saw Gerrera, find out some information, uh, track down Galen Erso, and kill him so he can't help them fin- uh, help the Imperials finish the Death Star. You know, and, and obviously they're not open about this with, with Jin. They tell her they want to help her find her father, you know, that she needs to help the Rebel Alliance because they're the good guys. Uh, and they're already lying to her. 
So, you know, it, it already, it, yeah. yep. you know, right off the bat. And, and she's very reluctant to join them. She wants no, like you said, she wants no part of this fight. Um, she's had a very, very rough life. And I think she just, I think it's hard for her to see who the good guys and the bad guys are. You know, she already, she sees kind of through the Rebel Alliance a little bit and realizes they're not perfect. Well, especially because she was raised by an extremist. Yes. You know, it's yep. it's like it's like whenever you're talking to somebody about how bad the you know the right is, and they say, yeah, well, at least the Democrats are blah blah blah, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so yeah, you know, Jin eventually does reunite with Saw, and I thought this is actually one of the best scenes in the movie, even though Saw's a little, his voice is a little over the top. Uh, Do you think uh, Forrest Whitaker gained any weight from chewing all that scenery, or no? <laughs> I was like, God damn, this dude. He's like Darth Vader. Well, that's kind of the point, though. Yeah, I guess it is. What do you have to become to defeat your enemies? And they do put that in the trailer along with a lot of other awesome shit that doesn't make it into into the actual movie. But, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, so they reunite, and and Jin says the last time they saw each other, he gave her a knife and a loaded blaster and told her to wait in the bunker until daylight. You know, and he says, I knew you'd be safe. And she's like, you left me behind. And he says, you were already the best soldier in my... Kadra? Kadra? I don't know how to pronounce that, but Kadra. Kadra, thank you. Uh, I am making me. (laughs) I think it was Kadra. In my head. (laughs) Uh, And she says, I was 16. And and he goes, I was protecting you. You know, your father was an imperial uh, trooper, you know, an imperial scientist. And, like, think about that. Like, he basically tried to militarize a child. You know, he gave her weapons and said she was the best soldier in his army at 16 years old. Um, You know, so that, that, that had to be really traumatizing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you th- you think of, uh, you know, you just think of child soldiers in real life, you know, or even even if you don't want to go that extreme, just think about how how people have had to grow up quicker than they were supposed to because of of the world and and how it's raised them and just the kind of monsters that are put out into the world. I'm not saying Jin necessarily is one, but you know, Saw definitely is, right? Yeah. Like. You know, in it, not too long after, or actually, was it slightly before? He literally uses torture techniques on on Bodhi Rock in order to to get the truth out of him about. Even though Bodhi was giving story. him the truth, right? He was cooperating, and he still tortured him. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, though, he is an imperial. Like, it sucks because as the audience, we can assume that Bodhi is a solid dude. But if you're in there, dude, you've been in this fight for how many years? Your mind is warped, man. Yeah. Anyone that, sn- that smells of empire, you can't trust. Right. And and I think even to that point, they said in another podcast I was listening to, and I don't know, they must have mentioned it in the movie, but I missed it, that Saw said that they were going to use her as like a, as like a hostage in order to get to her father, mm-hmm. you know, in order, to, in order to get to the Empire. I'm not sure if it was his own people, I think it was, but you know what? The Rebels could do it too, because the Rebels are using Jin as a bargaining chip here. You know, they're saying that we'll let you go if you introduce us to Saw. And, and in, that in and of itself is like, well... You know, so are you going to put her back in prison if she doesn't cooperate? Okay, great. Thank you, Mothma. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you're not going to actually do the right thing. You're going to do what you have to do to get get what you need, and that's, you know, not really too much different from Saw or the Empire. Um, another big thing I want to mention here, just while we do talk about the politics of the Star Wars universe, is that, um, the 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 biggest problem with people finding out about the Death Star, finding out about the stuff that the Empire does, because while the Rebellion knows it, while the audience knows it, the galaxy at large isn't necessarily aware. I mean, at the beginning of A New Hope, Luke wants to join the Empire. Yeah. Like, he yeah. wants to go into the Flight Academy. He's like, oh, you know, it's like joining the Air Force yes. to him. Yep. 
And um, but they do make it a point to show that they cover up a lot of stuff. And they say that if if the public found out about the Death Star, all of the systems would flock to the rebellion. So that's the problem. Finding out the truth is the problem here. And for as powerful as the Empire is, they know that they cannot maintain control without fear and deception, which is interesting because Vader is not about that. No, he's not. But yeah, but the Emperor very much is. And like I said, bureaucracy is a bitch. But again, you know, Vader's from a different, uh, cut from a different cloth, so to speak. I was wondering if Mothma sanctioned the Battle of Yavin because she seems to be so anti-violent sometimes. It's ridiculous. I mean, I it's, mean just, she must it's just, have, though. I mean, it, yeah, well, to the point where you have to. Yeah, it depends on when it's safe, right? You know, she doesn't want anyone to do anything mean. Like, she doesn't want Saul Guerrero to kill people after they surrender, but... You know, but it's a war. Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, it's a war. Unfortunately, it's fucking war. Um, oh, I also mentioned when <laughs> it was so stupid when the ship was leaving Yavin Four. I was like, oh, thank God they had the guy tracking the ship, just like in the other movies. I wouldn't have bought it otherwise. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so, so like around the time we meet Saw, we also have like some other interesting moments, right? We meet uh, Chirrut, um, who's like a he's a blind force sensitive man he's not a jedi right but he's i think he was guarding the temple he was guarding the jedi temple Genesis. one of the last yeah. jedi temples you know uh it was a holy city uh of jedi right and this is like a, a the last one of the last remnants of the of the the jedi order and you know people go there and, and he's guarding it but again he's not a jedi but he is force sensitive and uh he, he has like a partner right like a friend i guess who's a mercenary oh, their partner's or- all right <laughs> Uh, Baze, I don't know. How, I think that's how you say his name. They don't. They don't really say his name much. But so, so I thought was was kind of cool was when uh, when Saw kind of captures this whole group because they all wind up linking up and, and going together because uh, True kind of senses something within Jin and and wants to kind of see this through. Um, he says to to Cassian that there's more than one sort of prison, Captain, and I sense you carry yours wherever you go. I, I thought that was a good line, you know, because obviously Cassian does some really bad things, but he's not necessarily a bad person. And I think the weight of his sins does kind of, you know, weigh down on him. You know, he, he does he does feel it. And he, I think he wants to do the right thing, but he's just so devoted to the cause that, you know, time and time again, he finds himself, you know, pulling the trigger and, and doing the dirty work. But this kind of like lays the, the breadcrumbs for him to do the right thing later on when it comes to, you know, Galen Erso and not pulling the trigger and killing him when he has the opportunity to. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie Yen as uh, as true really, really kills it. A, l- a lot of the cast is is fantastic yeah. in this film. Um, and that was another thing, too, is that we see that this is a much more diverse cast than we normally see. They're Absolutely. not the, the, the pretty white people who we see in the in the, you know, A New Hope in the original trilogy. They're the, you know, and I'm not saying these people aren't pretty, either, no, no. Uh, you know, in this movie, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, and I, I think that that, that definitely was a great choice. It's great to show that there are other races other than white humans and aliens, uh, <laughs> yeah. <in> the, <laughs> you know, in the rebellion. Now, really quick, I want to go into, uh, True and Baze because there was some speculation as to whether or not they were a couple. Okay. And I looked into it because... You know, like we said on the Lord of the Rings episode, right? Frodo and Sam really could just be friends. We don't have to relate every sort of emotional vulnerability um, to 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 homoeroticism. Like, yeah. That's not the case. Um, but everyone they had, they had asked, and you could find the articles. I don't have specific names, but you could find the articles. They're all in the show notes. Um, 
they they say that it's possible. They're like, well, we didn't say that they weren't a couple, and right. if you want to get that out of it, you totally can. And you know, they were talking about it on the podcast as to you know when they actually die and how Baze chooses to look at Chirrut as the last thing he sees, and the way you know they're holding each you know he's holding him in his arms, which you know that could also just be a war movie, right? Yeah, but, interesting. Um, Right, and I was like, "Huh?" And they they didn't say no, and they didn't say yes. They were like, "If you want to get that out of it, then good for you guys." Because you know, I'll be honest, I I didn't get that. You know, how I saw it was that Chirrut was so was so devoted to the Jedi and to the Force. You know that through his, you know, even in his death, he was able to to really embrace it uh, and use it to to make a difference. And without you know, when when Baze had lost kind of his. Uh, his hope, I guess, right? Like, I think True mentions that. Like, Baze used to be the most devoted of all of them, but he he stopped. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, Thank you for mentioning. he brings that up, and you know, I feel like Baze lost it, but he he still has an allegiance to Chirrut. So once he's gone, he's lost everything. That was his last tie to you know to his former life and to anything that mattered to him. So you know, for me, that's kind of that's kind of how I looked at it. But that, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe it was you know, maybe it was more than that. It could still be both. You know. Uh, yeah, honestly, it could be Pavlov's gay guys. And then, <laughs> no, not Pavlov. Maybe Schrodinger. Yeah. I'm a fucking. I have a pat. Whenever I see gay guys, I drool. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, it's a Pavlovian thing. No, Schrodinger's Schrodinger's gay couple. And um, you know, I think when they they also mentioned that JJ was like, "Oh, don't worry, we're gonna have gay people in the Star Wars universe," and and ended up being in the third movie, just random characters that don't have names kissing. Yeah, so if, it, if it does have to be, if you do have to have those characters. Chirrut and Baze are the guys, and um, I mean that being said, if you and I were in a similar position, I would act exactly like Baze did. Yeah, I mean I, I you know, agree. Without, I feel like I love you, I'm not in love with you, but I would still do that. Like eh, it's but, up for the day. <laughs> depends on the day. Get a few <laughs> drinks with me, Ty. Um, I just want to mention Jetta real quick before we work our way to to the end of it, because Jetta itself, it, you know, we see that it is a desert-like planet. Jetta City is a holy city. They make a point of noting that. We also see that there is a, a lot, you know, when there's battles happening in the middle of Jetta, it's it saws extremists against the Empire. That children are put at risk, even though the good guys are fighting the bad guys. The innocent can still suffer in the middle of this conflict. And um, and we also see that they're riding in on tanks, shouting about truth and justice. They're spouting this rhetoric about keeping order and, and saving these people while they mine the kyber crystals. They mine their natural resources. If that is not an allegory for the Middle East occupation by the United States for oil, I have no idea what is. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, it's it seems pretty obvious, you know, Uh but I'm, you know, like you mentioned, there's I'm sure there's plenty of people who would say, no, no, that you know, why do we have to bring this into into Star Wars? He just want the kyber crystals. Yeah, it's just about <laughs> kyber crystals, man. They make they make lightsabers and shit. <laughs> Lucas is on the side of the Viet Cong. You fucking guys like, <laughs> like his stuff or don't. You know, <laughs> make a choice. There, there's a there's a great line actually here too, where where Saw says to uh, to Jin. He asked her how she could stand to see the imperial flag rain across the galaxy, and she said, "It's not a problem if you don't look up." And to me, that's such a liberal mindset, right? Like, mm. like if you just don't pay attention, if you just ignore it, if you go back to brunch, then it's not a problem. You know, and that's why people hated Trump because it was so hard to ignore it because it was always in your face. Uh, and like up until now, Jin has been able to act like this doesn't matter until it, it gets personal and her father's brought into it and she's brought into, you know, to find him. And that's when she finally realized she does have to get involved. She can't just keep ignoring it. And she gets radicalized kind of like you and me and so many other people. Yeah. 
So let's talk about Jin being apolitical, because I was blown away by that. Luke was kind of in a similar position. It's just that he is very impressionable, it seems. <laughs> yeah, his, all his <laughs> friends are pilots, so he wants to be a pilot, too. Yeah, I mean, and they made a joke about it in uh, in the Family Guy version when when Luke's like, "You don't believe in the Force," and Han's like, "He's like, oh, you mean the thing you just learned about one hour ago?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Oh, um, but uh, but yeah." So you know, because once again, the Empire appears as as democracy to to the public at large. You know, because there still is there still are senators. Um, you know, there there still appears to be democracy. But Jin also was raised in the Empire for a little bit. Not for long, but she was there on Coruscant with her father drinking it up with Director Krennic. Like, it might be weird for her to view the Empire as evil. Wait, she Jin probably was? views Krennic. She probably views Krennic as evil. Yeah, when they were when she, they had the flashback. When he was drinking with Krennic. Oh, I forgot about and that. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he said, Oh, I'll protect you, blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. Once again, I just listened to other movie review podcasts, so that way I had story beats I missed while I was taking notes. Um, but uh, but I think that she, in, in her own way, she's kind of a, you know, she could have been a military brat. So, you know, no matter what side, this is kind of normal to, to her. I don't think her whiteness necessarily plays a role in this allegory, but if you want to look for it, you could. That most of the people that, not in the rebellion, but most of the people in this immediate group are people of color, and they don't have a choice but to fight. True. You know, Cassian, once again, has been in it since he was six years old. And she has had, somehow, she has had the privilege of not getting involved. Her mom was killed by by Imperial soldiers. Her, <laughs> I mean, she was for a while, right? Until uh, until 16, sorry, she was until she was 16, I guess, you know? And, I, I, you know, the way I looked at it was she kind of saw both sides as being wrong, so she wanted to get out. Yeah, I think that's an accurate, I think that's an accurate take from it, definitely. So when we see uh, everything come to a head on Jeddah, um, Moff Tarkin wants to... Well, he's Governor Tarkin for some reason, but I guess he gets promoted within the next 72 hours. Yeah, he probably gets promoted for the Death Star, <laughs> which he stole from. <laughs> yeah, because he takes credit for it. Once again, the bureaucracy, the Empire is beautiful. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, we'll talk about it when they get to Scarif, because there's another funny moment that involves, you know, just people following. But um, but yeah, so they decide, all right, we're going to blow up, uh, you know, we're going to blow up Jeddah City. Uh, you know, single reactor fire, blah, blah, blah. And when they do, we never actually saw in the other movies what it looks like when they target a planet. Yeah, we did. Do. That, did their targeting system look familiar to you at all? Uh, no. It looked like a fucking, it looked like a drone strike. Oh, display. yeah, yeah. Okay, it I can see that. just like a drone strike yeah. display. And anyone who has never seen one, look it up. That's look a good up, point. You know, any of the videos that have been leaked from war crimes and stuff. Um the Death Star looks like it's drone striking that city. And yes, it does. So they kill a bunch of natives and 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 in a holy city and, and destroy stuff. And, so, and a lot of area around it, right? Including Saw's hideout and all his his fighters and his people. Like it's a it's a it's a mass ex, you know, extinction of people on this planet, pretty much. Yeah, which which Saw accepts. Um, yeah. and we see we see that as a foreshadowing for later too. We also we also see that uh, the pilot Bodhi he was talking about how Galen told him to listen to his heart and to kind of redeem himself by following it and I think that that's it sounds corny but it really is something that you have to think of because you do have so many people throughout the past four years and especially now that refuse to believe like they they were fooled by Trump and they're they're in on it you know they they they're in for a penny and for a pound and no matter what happens they still refuse to believe that he is the bad guy and in doing so. 
they are losing all of their morals. Yeah. Like, and and I say morals very loosely, but to them, it's their morals, right? If you are a patriot, if you love the United States, then you believe in the system that we have. You believe in democracy as we have it. You don't want to change, like, because they say, oh, well, like, they, they kind of want to go back to business as usual. They don't want certain people to have civil rights, blah, blah, blah. So that means they want to keep things the same. So... If that's the if you want to keep this country the same, that means you love this country as it is. That means that if Donald Trump threatens that country, you should be against him. That means that if his followers bludgeon a cop to death, meanwhile you spent the past. When did Trayvon Martin? Oh God, it's twenty twelve, twenty ten. I think so. Whatever. Ever since Black Lives Matter started, and even before then, you know, you have always been pro cop. No matter what, when people wanted to hold cops accountable, you were you were you you doubled down and defended cops no matter what they did. And now all of a sudden you're losing that. You never had any morals to begin with. You're a fucking you're a fucking pussy. You, you don't you yeah. have no backbone. I mean, you're a coward. I, it's just like you know, Black Lives Matter's throwing you know cans and bottles at cops. Uh, these people are these Trump supporters are are bludgeoning them with with uh, fire, extinguishers fire extinguishers and crushing them in between a door and then cra- you know it's like. Brutal, brutal, and horrible. It's and like, they, you know, your blue lives matter, but. Yeah, and they literally brought explosives yep. to <laughs> to the Capitol. And they had their and they had their own um they had chemicals that they used. Yeah. And they didn't see specifically what it was, but uh I'm not sure if you checked out the link I sent you of the war journalist who was at the Capitol. I did riveting. Yeah. It it was insane to see this and just see you could see the orange mist sprayed all over the visors. From the chemicals they were using, uh, like of the cops, like oh it was, it, it was, it's just, it's just surreal to see. And um, well, they believe in America, right? But they went there to kidnap senators and congressmen. You know, it's like that you're attacking your own country. Yeah, you don't like, love your country. That was it. Yeah, supposedly like, you love it so much, but you <laughs> want to destroy your own democracy by killing the people that were, you know, democratically elected. Uh, you know, like, are you going to say every one of those people was? Was uh you know was was fakely voted in like none of the, none of that was real either? Do you think every election has been false? Does that mean you believe Trump was falsely elected? Like like where does it where does the truth and the well, lies? Yeah, because this you know, this guy this guy both times said if I lose I won't I won't accept the results. He said it both times that he yeah. was going to be a sore loser and a little fucking bitch. And guess what? You st- you bought it somehow with no evidence from from people who watch mainstream media all the time. You know because there are people who are poorly informed I should, and poorly informed because they you know they just do watch the mainstream media they don't do any of their own research and yet the mainstream media also said um there's no proof of voter fraud so so i mean i mean i don't know i know i know we went off on a on a tangent here but i do think it's important to talk about this and should this be found decades later by by his <laughs> by historians you know they'll go oh you know some fourth rate podcast was talking about <laughs> i think it is interesting to look at you know like we look at 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 movies when they were made and see what was influencing them at the time this podcast is very much influenced by what's going on around it and i think you know i think that these are very applicable comparisons to be making personally absolutely Definitely agree. Uh, <laughs> all I said is Jin similar to moving people left only after Trump's candidacy. That was me, guys. <laughs> um, I actually I did get I did get I got moved left a bit in college. I was like, all right, listen, like I believe in systemic racism and the oppression of uh, the LGBTQIA plus community, but I didn't know what to do. And, oh, you got and brainwashed then, by college, huh? I did, right? It's it's so funny. They're like, oh, you you college educated, yeah. you know, fucking. You get libs. some education, oh. and all of a sudden you're speaking out against racism, like you think you learned from history. It's wrong. 
you're acknowledging that I am, I don't want to say better educated, but at least more educated than you to some extent. So maybe just listen a little bit. Yep. And honestly, a lot of my radicalism didn't come from college. It came, to, it came from after. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, guys, once again, Richard Medhurst, independent journalist, Syrian, UK citizen. Oh, your best way Check to get out. actual news. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Um, why do you think uh, Cassian didn't kill Galen? I think because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, he realized that his morals were in question, and he knew this. You know, maybe he buried those feelings deep down, but you know, True Root brought it up. He he got to to learn, you know, no gin. I think he just saw the the constant murder and death around him, and uh, he does, you know, he does witness Galen actually try to save his own people, right? Like. Krennic's going to shoot all the scientists except for Galen. And Galen steps forth and says, you know, he's the one that sent Bodhi out. He's the one that tried to, you know, undermine the the uh, the Empire. So what do they do? They kill all his people anyway. You know, and I think that, you know, it's all... Which was rough to see. Yeah. Because they are... Once again, you got to be reminded that they're Imperials. But I think this movie does a great job of just showing you humanity, yep. right? Yeah, Because that Cassian sees the humanity in Galen because of Jin. He's, oh, this this guy had a daughter. This right. guy lost his wife. This guy is allegedly, according to Bodhi and Jin now, he is actively fighting the Empire from within. He made sure that that Death Star got made with a flaw because somebody else would have done it without it. Yeah, I mean, so he like, technically saves the world, right, by, by doing this. <laughs> he saves <several>. the galaxy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he saves several worlds. Uh, you he know, saves the system. I, I think Galen's a great way of looking and seeing, okay, like I know you mentioned how all stormtroopers are bastards, but like are all Imperials in, necessarily yep. evil? Not necessarily. Right? Well, like Galen's in a position where he didn't he didn't really have a choice. Like he was captured and put here, so he decided to do some good with it, uh, you and know. gave up everything in order to do. Yeah, it. you know. So maybe these other scientists are in the same situation, uh, you know, or maybe they really did think they were doing something good, but they pay for it with their lives. And I think you know, Cassian just he's just had enough of sacrificing other people for the cause. So he decides not to pull the trigger. But luckily for him, the Rebel Alliance sent in some. Uh, some bombs to uh, to kill him anyway. So Galen gets killed uh, by the rebels, regardless. Can we pause there for a sec? Why does Jin join the rebellion when they killed her? That father? was a really interesting question. <laughs> I thought. I, you know, I mean, yes. You know, on the one hand, yeah, you're right. Why would she do that? I think it was because it was Galen's dying wish. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's I think she did what you know what he wanted. Not you know, she was like, well. I don't want to fucking help these guys, but, uh, you know, this is what my father died for. I got to complete the mission. She's got to finish what he started, you know, Stardust and all that. Um, and, you know, and, and that that she kind of brings her own little group together anyway. Because when, when push comes to shove, the rebels, they won't do anything, right? They won't fucking actually do anything. They're all yep. talk. The fucking you know, squad. They say two thousand dollar checks would be great. <laughs> yeah. They say Medicare for all would be great, but they don't actually fucking do it. Yep. Do that. They're the fucking squad. Nope. They're gonna. They're not Latitude, gonna do anything. Baby. Yep. And you know, Jin, who is an independent, has to step forward and <laughs> fucking try and get something done. Um, and luckily, she she gets some of these uh, these Democrat. I'm sorry, these rebels to join her because you know they're they're drawn to her because she 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 actually wants to take action. I think that's. That's kind of a, a big moment for a lot of these people because they want to take action. They're, they're, they're sick of, of losing, and they finally see a way, a way forward, a win. Uh, so she gets this you know, little ragtag group of fighters to join her on this suicide mission. 
And I think that Jin is kind of bringing new blood, new life into this rebellion. And that is important because, you know, I think we, we can look at the Democratic Party now and kind of see that while we do have, quote unquote, the squad, you know, which some people would call the fraud squad. And <laughs> I don't I, I see why, um, yeah. you know, we do have the new, you know, the new young Democrats coming in. But still, you have the older Democrats who are stopping any sort of progression toward toward a better world for people, toward a better a better life for the working class, and I say that to both the employed and the unemployed. It's just I don't have a I don't have a good enough term. I want to say the lower class, but fuck you the guys people. Are, you guys are better than anybody else. Yeah, the people, the common you know, as Christopher Reeve said in Superman Two, Zod, think of the people. <laughs> or as we Bane says in Dark Knight Rises, we give the power to you. I mean, well, if you look, like look at that, right? Like I feel like every movie, whether it's a villain or a hero. They can use that, you know, I'm helping the people argument <laughs> for their cause. So, it's, yeah, you know, the people want help. Yeah, they they want fucking help. And they'll take it from anyone who offers it. And that's why, uh, you know, we, we get people like Trump supporters who think Trump is actually going to help them. Uh, you know, so I, yeah. I, Jen's going to help people. She's going to actually do something. So people, you know, this group joins her, including Cassian. Who, you know, she's very surprised. She even mentions, like, I'm not used to people sticking with me, you know. And, and he, he finally wants to do some good. And he feels like this is a, this is a worthy cause. Yeah, and I think also he just knows that. And you know what? I'm going to tie this back to Samurai X for the 0.5% of you who have, who have actually seen the anime. But Kenshin mentions in that movie that because he knows what it is to be a man, and, like, and by that I mean an actual human, that he will fight to never have to fight again. Yep. Like and I think that's where Cassian is too. He says like we've done some things we're not proud of. We've we've assassinations and and um you know spying and uh and sabotage and stuff. Like I think he kind of wants this war to be over as soon as possible. Agreed. And yep. if they can actually have a chance I'm getting chills talking about this. Wow. Um if they can get a chance and that's what Jin says later on like we're just going to keep taking our chances until they run out, right? Yeah. If you can get a chance to end this war before it gets any worse like do it and and you know and they do pave the way for more new blood right luke comes in not long after into the rebellion and and is able to to help well and, they literally show red five die and that's that that becomes luke's <laughs> yeah they do on. yikes <laughs> <laughs> you know so it, it shows you like hey look you know uh, there's gonna there's gonna be new like you said new fresh blood that's gonna come in and take the spot of these soldiers that have died um speaking of soldiers not rebellion soldiers. I'm talking about Imperials. Um, I'm, pro- I'm going to propose a theory that uh, Stormtrooper armor actually makes you weaker. And here's why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it definitely no makes you less accurate. It definitely does. No matter where a Stormtrooper hits, uh, gets hit, they will, they will fall immediately and die. <laughs> they will get hit in the face by Donnie Yen and die. And guess what? He is a fantastic martial artist. I'm not saying yeah, no, he's not. But, but he's got like a stick and they have fucking yes, armor on. <laughs> he has a stick. Ba- Baze literally just hits a like rifle butts a dude and he's down. Like, meanwhile, director Krennic, who is not armored at all, gets shot in the shoulder and you know he he's comes fine. back from it. He's fucking fine. So all right, here's that's just here's like, what the left doesn't want you to know though. Cl- uh, the uh, stormtrooper <laughs> armor, when you get hit, it actually sends a uh, electromagnetic pulse through your body that paralyzes you temporarily, making you appear dead, while nanotechnology heals your wound. 
I'm going to cut that out because that's actually a genius. Fuck yeah. Like, imagine, like, how do they keep getting so many stormtroopers? You guys never fucking shot the head. Like, um, I, have a, I have another quick question sure. here. and I'm, This is actually just comments on specific things. Uh, you know, we'll talk about some, like, you know, oh, the politics in a, in a couple seconds. But um, do you think, so Chirrut on, on um, what was the fucking planet they went to after Jeddah that, uh, that Galen was on? Whatever. <laughs> the planet that Galen was on, Chirrut turns his staff into like a crossbow cannon of some sorts and shoots a TIE fighter into into an esta- into a, a not an establishment. What is it? A, an installation of some sort. Which once I would I would absolutely make this guy my character. If we were playing Star Wars action figures and you said, Mike, you can't use a lightsaber, I was like, All right, cool. This guy's a fucking martial artist who believes in the force. Um, yep. And he beats the shit out of stormtroopers with his bare hands and a stick. And also, oh, also, it's a cannon sometimes. So, and he knows where it's gonna fall into. Like he is absolutely my. I want his here. backstory. God damn it! Do, do <laughs> a show about him and B. Right? I really want to know. Like, imagine. Okay, so let's say let's say it is canon that Chirrut is gay, and he just fucked all the Jedi because they weren't allowed to take wives. <laughs> like Obi Wan is like, he's like Obi Wan. You ever have sex with a guy? He's like, of course I know him. That's Chirrut. Like, he's like concubine. He just. <laughs> Oh my god, imagine. Oh, Jedi sex that's terrible. But anyway, later on, when they're storming Scarif, um, Chirrut uses the staff to shoot a guy and he just falls down and dies. Shouldn't he have exploded like 10 of them if you could get through TIE Fighter? uh, Maybe he has different levels, man. (laughs) It might might have different levels. There is nothing Chirrut can't do. And you know what? I'll buy it because I've seen Force users do more ridiculous stuff than be blind and use the Force. Dude, his, his death is so good, though. Right, I I am oh, one with the force. The force is with chills. me, and the, nobody can shoot this guy. Like all these rebels are getting killed trying to hit the switch, and he's blind, just walking, walking to the switch, just you know, chanting this about the force. And you know, Star Wars makes it very obvious that the force is real. Right, it's not it's not an imaginary thing. It it really is yes. there. So yeah, like, there are people who are force sensitive. Like even if you don't believe in the force, which some people consider to be an outdated religion yeah. because you killed all the people who practiced it. Yes. Is that a Islam? No, 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 no. Uh, that's a different podcast. That's a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't put that in my notes. I'm not prepared to defend that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he has faith, and faith yeah. actually comes through for him. Uh, and I, yeah, I really and, liked it. And for somebody who believes in the Force but doesn't actually use it to physically manipulate items around him, it is a faith. You yeah. know, like. All of his for- forces, it's like Ka from the Dark Towers. Yeah. It's fate working its way around him because he uses there the needs guide to be him, balance. Right? He, he, it's yes. a guide for him. It's not. It's not a power. You can't force push people and fly around. But he, you know, it guides him in the right direction and leads him, you know, to do the right thing, uh, and you know, to sense things that maybe a regular person without that, you know, ability or that faith wouldn't be able to do. And you know, it it uh, it makes him a very interesting character. You know, and. And obviously, yeah. Baze has a lot of faith in Chirrut, um, and, uh-huh. and that's yep. which I kind of liked. You know, he may have lost his, his faith in the Force, but not in his friend or partner. Uh, and and you know, that's <laughs> that's uh, it, it says something about you know about people, and we just need something to believe in, whether it's a person or a religion or a cause. I think it's each other, <gasps> because yes. because. Me believing in Biden or Harris or any elected official or even a celebrity, that does not help me in any way, shape, or form. But if I believe in my common man or woman or non-binary or anyone in between, if I believe in that person, I'm believing in myself, you know, because like, you know, I, I, I might have said it in housekeeping last week. I'm not sure if I have, but I've told you about it. And it's, you know, 
I think the American condition is to attach ourselves to icons. That's why we put up statues. That's why we, you know, we make biopics about people and stuff. And I think that's a problem. You should never have a favorite president because all presidents are war criminals. Sure, some of them might have done some really good stuff, but, you know, they are elected officials. They are there to serve you. They should not be favorite anything. And the problem with that is, and let's say it's with Trump, and I've also seen it with liberals and Biden. No matter what they do, you will excuse it because you voted for them. You can't be wrong. Or Obama. Yeah, believe be, believe in each other, just as true fucking Bayes did. God, um, I also saw one of the rebels actually refer to an ATAT as an ADAT, and that was beautiful because that's what fans will normally call ATATs. They'll call yeah. them ADATs, and he like sees one. He's like ADAT, blah blah blah. He wasn't speaking uh, the common yeah. tongue. So. That was cool though. That was a nice moment. <laughs> um, and uh, and of course, this this is the last, and there is a very solid overview in the show notes, an article that was written four years ago of the film and its allegories. Don't be put off by the headline. It starts out with, is political correctness in Star Wars a good idea? And I was like, you know what? Let's read this. Because I, I do like to read the right-wing stuff to see what their criticisms right. were and see if I can debunk them or, or you know, maybe see if they had a point or whatever, um, like I did with Mad Max. But... um. It was actually, he was like, yeah, this was good to put in <laughs> He's there. like, yes, you know? the answer is yes. <laughs> That's the article. He goes, is it? Yes, done. But he has a really great um, overview of just the allegories in this. And I think also there's a hyperlink in that article of all the stuff that was in the trailer that was super cool that was kept out. Um, but the final battle in this, in, this, uh, in this film is storming a beach. Once again, they're saying <laughs> if, if, if storming a beach isn't, the most in-your-face allegory. Now, once again, it's more of a World War World War II thing, but you know, it's always been in Star Wars. I think this. I mean, obviously, this scene is is amazing. It's a very long battle scene. Uh, you know, it's all about sacrifice. You know, again, each of these characters gives their life in some way to help move this plan along. You know, from uh, from K two S O the the droid, you know, to Chirrut, the Force sensitive, uh, you know, guardian. All these people die for this cause, you know, all these rebels on the ground fighting and eventually the rebel alliance does come through, right? They actually do show up, they send help. Um, and you know, what I, what I love is that the, they shut down the planet, right? They put like a shield, a shield up and they can't get the, the information out. So they have to, you know, ask the rebel alliance to blast the hole in the shield so they can basically broadcast the signal. Um, but in order to ask them, they have to activate something. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, I mean, they, the obviously the broadcast isn't hooked up to the ship because it's just a ship, so they have to connect yeah. to the actual like installations broadcast system to contact the rebels in order to. If do... Mothma would have fucking approved this from the beginning, yeah, this would have been such been... a smoother. Yeah, they might have actually lived. <laughs> they wouldn't have had to have gone through. They this. probably yeah, would have lived. Yeah, actually, you know? they could have done this very quickly. And every what's important, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I know I always fucking do it. You do, um, all and the time. thank you for being you. <laughs> um, but uh, what, what's important here is that it's not just like everybody dies. It's everybody dies doing something that if they didn't do it, those plans would have never made yes. it to the rebellion. Yep, exactly. Like they all have a very distinct purpose, uh, and I they all die not re- not knowing if they are successful. And I think that's the most poetic moment of all. You know, they all die. Yeah. Hoping that the plan succeeds, hoping that they they get it to the rebels and that they can stop the the Death Star, but none of them will ever actually know this, uh, except for Trude, who says he'll be in the Force, so maybe he knows. But uh, but you know, like, and of course, if you know anything about the Force Star Wars, doesn't like gay people. It is successful. You know, Luke <laughs> Luke is able to destroy the Death Star because they they know where this weakness is, um, and, and so like you know, all these people died 
and they were they, they did it for the right reason and they they were able to you know save the galaxy by by destroying this but again they don't know this and they all die and you know cassian and, and Jin are the last two to go and they just kind of hold each other as as everything comes to an end on the installation you know and i think that just uh you know just wanting to be with another person in those final moments and, and hoping for the best yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. And an interesting point that was made, once again, I didn't come up with it, but when that final blast is happening, Jin is looking toward it, very similar yeah. to how Saw looked yeah. toward his own demise. Cassian looks away. Huh, he just holds her. You know, and I'm not, I'm not going to say, I don't know what I would fucking do personally. No, of course. It's um, terrifying. I would have been Bodhi, <laughs> honestly. And, you know, it's so funny because you've said it in other episodes before, like everybody has a part to play. You may not be the person on the front lines, you know, staring down the the powers that be with their with their rifles and stuff. You might be the person behind the scenes. You might be the Bodhi. Yeah. I mean, he's not the badass out there, right? Shooting down stormtroopers. But if he doesn't get that transmission out nothing nothing successful so yeah yeah and this doesn't happen with him, without him and also i want to say that he would have never um been on this mission if it weren't for cassian trying to 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 talk to him because saw um let him go insane did we mention that saw used torture he used like psychic squid waterboarding okay we didn't mention the specific to get... torture but we did say he yeah yeah we Bodhi. did we yeah okay um but but yeah so Bodhi lost his mind insanity is is a side effect of of having this alien look into all of your thoughts and interrogate you. And, um, and he remembers on the pilot on the pilot because Cassian was the one to do it. So because he was able to remember who he was, you want to think again, follow your heart, remember who you are, remember your morals and your values. Yeah. You can still, you can still change. You can still turn. You can still come back, you know, like you can do the right thing. <sighs> yeah. It's never too late. Like if you, tr- if you truly are a patriot, and once again, I'm not going to say that you have to be. I don't. I don't consider myself a patriot. I don't consider myself a person who loves the United States. I, I don't love land. Land is temporary. You can't own it. You exist on it for a bit, and then you you become it. So, you know, you should I love the people, people, right? Like you should yes. love the people. And if you support, you know, violence and and murder and you know, taking what you want from people, then then what do you really love? Nothing but yourself. Yeah. And you know what? And I, and I, you know, unfortunately stuff, certain things have to be done and I pray they, I pray they won't have to be. I pray that just, that just voting and being educated and informing and helping each other, mutual aid. I I pray that that can help. And by the way, by pray, I mean hope. Um, (laughs) Yes. You know, that, that, that can change things. And that no, no, no blood has to be shed, right? Yep. You know, it was like, um, I was thinking about it today, uh, emptying out the dishwasher because everyone needed to know. In the first Captain America movie, he, he talks to Steve Rogers, Dr. Erskine, and he says, do you want to kill Nazis? And he says, I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies. And that's it, man. You know, even in a Black Lives Matter protest, I don't, I don't want, obviously, I don't want the protesters to die, but I don't want the fucking... I don't want the oppressors to die either. And I, I, I know that's, it's stupid, right? But, you know, I think they were just led into, oh, well, if I become a cop, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to save the world. Cops are always great because that's all we get fed. We get fed copaganda. We don't get told. And by the way, it is law enforcement museums and websites have noted that the police have started as slave catchers and union yes, breakers. Yeah. Like, so, 
<laughs> you know, we just get told this other thing. You know, I think that I think that the police are also members of the working class and their bodies are the ones that are put on the line to protect the one percent from right. the rest of the working class. And same thing with soldiers. Soldiers are in the words of Serge Tankian. Why don't the presidents fight the war? Why do they always send the poor? Well, I like that system of a down. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think, you know, especially for white people, we're raised to believe that you know these are the good guys. These are how you become heroes, and you know, and and we don't realize that it's you know a system of oppression, and by joining that system, you're helping you know hold it up. Because you know, if you're, no one joined the army, no one joined the police, who who would the one percent call on? No, they would have no one. They don't have the balls to do it themselves. And sure that, you know, when you die, they'll put a fucking United States flag over your coffin. They'll, you know, oh, sorry to your wife and kids, but that's it. You're just forgotten after that. You know, like you were just an, you were just another pawn that was put put in the front lines. Yep. You know, so, um, you know, so, so that that. I know I got off on a on a bit of a tangent as I as I tend to do, and and also I want to say that while I do hope, rebellions are built on hope. Nice. Tell me about Vader, Ty. Give me a Big Daddy V. Oh man, I mean like so we we do see him earlier in the film, right? When when uh, Krennic comes to him to to beg for his help because of Tarkin trying to steal his ideas, and he and he goes crying to Daddy Vader, and he he wants him to help, yeah. and Vader just fucking you know chokes him out and he's like you know he's like leave me alone you know vader doesn't care about you know politics he doesn't care about uh you know these kind of things he's just you know he believes in strength uh you know he believes in the dark side and you know he he is a he is a force to be reckoned with he doesn't need to play you know uh these these little mind games and, and things like yeah. that he's not about the bureaucracy no and he's very upfront and now you tyler so you are a manager at your job right? i am Sorry, people probably might not know your full name's Tyler. Ty, <laughs> so, so, so you, Ty, you were a manager at your job, so you can relate to Vader in this, because Vader is relaxing, right? He's at home, taking a nap, taking a bath. Okay, all of a sudden, some dude comes in. He's like, Vader, Tarkin was mean to me, and he's saying he's going to tell the Emperor it was his idea. That's like you getting a phone call during a game of d I've, I've right? had that happen multiple times. And then, and then, and then he, you know, and he's like, you know, he tells him not to choke on his aspirations, because cause while Vader cares about what you said he cares about, he has his own values. This other guy just cares about upward mobility. Right. He cares about looking good. I think he couldn't care less about the peace and the galaxy. And he says as much as at the beginning. He doesn't really believe that it's going to be peaceful. Um, but uh, while I do believe there are certain people in the Empire who actually might. Oh, and speaking of which, I thought it was hilarious when they finally saw that Scarif was being attacked uh, when all the explosions were going off and all the Imperials are looking and Krennic is like, are you blind? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, get to work. <laughs> like, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah he's yeah, like mobilizing the to... fucking defenses here. Like, what are yeah, we doing? Yeah, all ready to follow orders. But so, so Vader, Vader has to deal with the bureaucracy and then Krennic still fails and the Death Star plans end up getting beamed up and you can see just the managerial anger in Vader when that lightsaber <laughs> ignites. He's like, you're going to be fucking kidding me. He's yep, like, and the, I, and the I, coolest scene in the I movie <laughs> we see yeah. Angry Vader show up. Yep. Oh, man. He's just like, I got to fucking clean up another mess, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And even that, if you if you really know the lore, you want to go deep into the comic books and, and the extended universe novels, like, like that is still just a fraction of what Darth Vader is actually capable of. And But it, uh, it was it just was cool to be able to finally see him in, a, it was in, awesome, in real yeah. action. Because, you know, unfortunately, as much as I love the original trilogy, 
you know, uh, he wasn't like jumping around and stuff. He was just kind of waving his hands, right? You know, uh, but th- this was, you know, he's pulling people with a force, throwing them up against the ceiling and chopping them in half. And, you know, he's cutting through these, these, uh, you know, these rebels and, and firing their own blasts back at them. And, you know, they, they can't get the door open. And it's such a, it's actually like really terrifying, right? The, oh, I would shit my He's pants. like, help he's like us! on the door. He's like, let it open the door, like open the door, and he, um, <laughs> and he is able to slide the hard drive in in through there. Oh my god, that was insane! And then and seconds later, Vader fucking opens the door anyway, and he starts killing all the yeah. rebels in the next room. Right? It's like, oh, and shit. luckily they're able, yeah, they're able to get it, you know, get it, get out, and you know, epi- you know, episode four and yeah. you know, New Hope is 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 the next part. I, I just love and that. Vader's whole just standing scene, there, <laughs> and he's like, you got to be fucking. Yeah. Like he didn't shake his head, but I'm sure. He was shaking his head. Like he just, he he just like, delivered write-ups to to everybody. <laughs> now one guy, he like <laughs> falls on the floor. He's like, he's like, lots of shit. He's like, lots of fucking shit. Like he's just like, get me out of here, man. That explains why in the next movie he's like so pissed as soon as he enters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As soon as he enters that ship, and you know, well, ironically, he catches it? Princess Leia like five seconds later. So you know, it wasn't that big a deal, I guess. Yeah, because Vader can do his fucking job, unlike yeah. the other guys yeah. who are who are just like. <laughs> Vader so I think Vader believes in the the mission of order throughout the galaxy. I mean, he says as much in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um now the Death Star is the way to maintain that order. This isn't in Revenge of the Sith? You know. In Revenge of the Sith, yeah, he says um I have brought peace, freedom, justice, and security to my new empire. He he says something. He says something like that, even if it's even if it's not verbatim. But that is the the whole thing. Like he believes that he and the emperor are going to bring peace. Oh, yeah, yeah. and order. Okay, yeah. yeah, and that the Jedi the Jedi aren't. But he he, do, he does drop some dialogue like that somewhere along. I did watch it recently. Um, but yeah, that's that's the movie. Oh, and and by the way, just talking about self sacrifice because they say that in this podcast that at the end they say that's the movie. Um, I was listening to Horror Virgin. This is a plug for those of you who made it this far in the podcast. Horror Virgin is a hilarious podcast. Um, it's it's kind of socially aware like we are, but more just about the plot and the movie and what goes into it itself. And the uh, you know one of the one of the hosts hates horror movies, has never watched any, and they always make him watch the movies, and then they all <laughs> review it together. <laughs> Awesome. And that same host did block me on Twitter. Uh, but I still listen to the podcast and I still love it. I was saying it wasn't a good idea to vote for Biden. And he was like, well, he was like, well fuck is. you. And fuck for- Yeah. You know, his the kid's heart's in the right place. You know what yeah. I mean? They're all good people on that podcast. But they reviewed Sunshine this past week. Hey, a favorite of ours. So they also reviewed Let the Right One In. Like, they're not just doing nice. mainstream horror. So so if you want to check it out, Ty, because I know you love it. Um, But they reviewed Sunshine, and they did talk about, how like, Sacrifice. And it's so funny you mention it because that was the first movie that taught me what Sacrifice really was. I never – it never occurred to me – and I was 17 years old, but it never occurred to me as a kid that, like – people go into war knowing they're not going to come back or knowing it's a possibility they don't come back. And that's that's what Sunshine was all about. And, you know, I just wanted to tell you that um, during Kappa's walk uh, and he was falling down, they, they put cameras in the helmet and didn't tell him. And then they had a bunch of people kind of press their weight on him without telling him when he fell. So he's actually trying to get up. So if you go to that scene where he's like struggling to get up and he's like screaming and spittles coming out of his mouth, it's like, ah, oh, that was real. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking awesome. Best part of the movie. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does it border on actor abuse? I don't know. Talk to Tarantino first and then come for Boyle. All right. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, talk to Michael Bay first, then Boy. talk to, <laughs> then talk to Boyle. Talk to, talk to, um, <laughs> who is Buffy? Who is it? Joss Whedon. 
Joss Whedon. Talk to Joss Whedon and then tell me oh, about, about Danny Boyle. Um, but, dude, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed being able to talk about all this stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen Rogue One, a Star Wars story, hopefully you see it now. So let me ask you a question before we end. Uh, you told me you weren't a big fan of this film when you first saw it. Did you enjoy it more now? Oh, one, 100%, man. Right, yeah, good, absolutely. Good. Because cause now, you know... <laughs> I, I'm someone who has a blaster under my, <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, that, cause now, um, you know, much like Jin, I, I am a little more, and I don't want to say radicalized necessarily, but I, I am more informed. I have, I have pulled a lot further to the left and, um, I was able to actually see the struggle of the rebellion in this movie. I was able to see the empire, stifle well they in rebels they stifle free speech in in this movie they cover stuff up you know he says that you know vader says that jetta city was actually a mining accident um you know like they make it a point to cover stuff up they're going through foreign cities holy cities and mining natural resources like all of this was was right on on point for me and you know it rebellions are built on hope and this is while it is kind of macabre, it is it is a hopeful film, and uh, you know it's a huge theme of the Star Wars universe. And I think if you look at the universe as a whole, it it is important to realize that it is it is a long battle, not just against the Empire, but against the dark side itself. Because you know there was the you know there was the Sith, and then the and then the Separatists, along, kind of along with the Sith a little bit, and then it was the Empire, and then it was the First Order. Like something is always going to come that that is a threat to good people everywhere. And regardless of what form it takes, whether it was a threat that was to your grandparents or to your parents or whatever, like the, there have been threats to marginalized people in the United States for as long as it has it is it it was built and has officially existed and much like Cassian said you know this suddenly this fight is real to you that's what people felt in 2016 when Trump was elected you know maybe maybe you were a a, a white person but you were on the on the on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum and oh like you know you thought everything was great because of Obama and now all of a sudden Trump gets elected and you're like, oh, my rights may be in danger. Guess what? If that's what it took for you to to finally become a little more active, then then that's great. And, I, and I'm not saying – whatever, fuck it. You guys know I'm an ally. I'm not defending <laughs> myself to you. No, but you're, I think what you're saying is like – well, two things. One, don't just believe everything that's peddled to you. Right? You know, Just because just the government or media tells you one thing, do your research, really look into it, You know, educate yourself, um, You know, and, and learn what's really happening around you. And second, you can't just stand by. You can't do nothing because there's going to come a point where you're, you know, it's going to be personal for you. Why wait for it to get that where far? Where it affects you. You know, yeah. like let's let's help each other. Let's get ahead of it and let's be active, uh, you know. And, and again, we outnumber, we outnumber the 1%. We outnumber the government by quite a bit. And, you know, we don't necessarily have to get guillotines out, but I'm not opposed to it. Uh, you know, but if we just stopped yeah. accepting the bullshit and and we you know we just started demanding better we could actually get it yeah i mean now like think of the pandemic right think of all the people who have been put out of work through no fault of their own through uh, you know from a government that maybe they believed in before like guess what this fight is real to you now now you know a, a taste a taste of the oppression that other people have been dealing with for you know for for so long and even if it's not just being fired from a job for something you can't control maybe it's not even being able to get one like there there has been oppression it didn't start with Trump it's not going to end with Trump please don't be complacent just because there's a a democrat in office right now 
because yeah. he is he's going to be just as bad, if not worse, except it'll be yeah. quiet. He Biden will be the empire because you will, will not know the shit that's going on behind closed doors when he starts the next war. OK, and says that it's completely justified, quote unquote, a mining accident in Jeddah City. Like, do, do, do not be do not be complacent. And there will always be threats. And it's funny how people are just all of a sudden. Oh, my God. White supremacy is real now. Yes, it has always been. It's not just the KKK. It isn't literally everything we see. It is in you. <laughs> you know, that being said. Oh, wait, what are we reviewing next week? Idiocracy. Yes, yes, yes. OK, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And also, uh, for whatever fans we have out there, because you are there, and thank you thank you so much for listening. Um, whatever fans are out there, uh, if any of you are involved in music production at all, I'm kind of looking for a new theme song for the podcast. So just keep that in mind. Reach out to us, okay? And here's how you can do it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at PolitipopPod. Find us on Instagram at PolitipopPodcast. Email us at PolitipopCast at gmail.com. You can find our show notes and sources at PolitipopPodcast.wordpress.com because we don't just make all of this shit up. Some of it, but not all of it. And um, <laughs> special thanks to all of you listeners and to Antonia Chava for logo design. Uh, for the Politipop Podcast, I have been Darth Mike Booch. And I have been Just High. Fighter. No matter what you're watching, no matter what you're you're reading, listening to, no matter what, hey, even video games you're playing, never stop thinking, never stop learning, and always remember to read between the lines. And see. You always keep me on edge, baby. <laughs> <laughs>